Hi, Smarties. Today, we welcome Mia, who is a client of Rachel's at CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills. Mia is in the sixth grade and has been working with Rachel since she was in the third grade. Mia was diagnosed with ADHD and is in a dual curriculum school. She had a lot of mindset issues that they had to work on. They took a break from educational therapy at one point, which we get into in the episode. Here's one other thing that Rachel wanted to add and forgot to say in the conversation. One of the reasons that Mia's ADHD impacted her self-image and self-esteem so dramatically is because Mia is an exceptionally bright kid. Because of this, she was used to being high-performing and ADHD was getting in the way of that. She's extraordinary and we can't wait for you to hear her for yourself. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 98 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And we are so excited and honored to welcome Mia to the podcast today. Say hi, Mia. Hi. Yay. (laughs) And Mia has been my client for about three years. She's in the sixth grade now, but we started working together when she was in the third grade. So Mia, why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself? My name is Mia and I'm 11 years old and I'm in sixth grade and I have a little brother. (laughs) You do have a little brother. Mia, do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about your learning profile and some of the things that were happening that brought you to ed therapy? So in third grade, I was having a lot of trouble with math and learning in general. So when our teacher would give us math tests after units or before units to summarize it or recap it, I would write on my test, I'm so dumb, I should die and stuff like that. And I would put my head down on my desk and sometimes even cry because I attempt it I didn't try it. I didn't even look at it. And math was really hard for me. And I was also in a lot of friend drama then. It was like a really hard year. So I would put my head on my desk and I would cry and I would struggle. And I think my parents were a little like confused about what to do. I'm their first child. So I'm a tester. (laughs) (laughs) You're the tester of your two siblings? I'm the tester. I'm a tester too. I get it. But here's the fun part. Knowing Mia's family, all the skills that they are acquiring parenting Mia are not going to really apply that much to your brother. So, (laughs) Right, Mia? Uh Because you guys are so different. We're like polar opposites. You are. Mm. Okay. So what happened next? After that, I got tested. I went to this man when I was really young. My parents dropped me off. They didn't tell me about it first. And we just played games. He just tested me and showed me magic tricks. And then we went out to lunch and we got ice cream. It was really nice. We were doing all these tests, so I was pretty confused. And then my parents had to meet back with him a few weeks later to get results. And I think we found out then that I have ADHD. And so then what happened next? And then after that, my parents realized, oh my God, I think we probably need to get help for Mia. So then I think they found Rachel through someone. Mm. Yeah. And then I started working with her on growth mindset first, keeping my mind open instead of fixed where it's just fixed. Like, I can't do this. I'm dumb. Not trying. Growth is open. Like, okay, this is hard, but I can still attempt it. And even if I don't get it right, I'll try my best. Oh, I love that, Mia. (laughs) Such growth. It's true because the area of need was really the math. But as we would talk about and I would share with your parents, 
the area of actual need was your attitude and your mindset about the work. I know. But look how much you've grown. Okay, so let's go back for a second. When you first met Rachel, what did you think? What did you think about this whole educational therapy thing? First, I was a little confused. What am I doing here? What's exactly going on? And like, why are my parents sending me to this woman? But then I think after a few sessions, I found out like, oh, wait, she's actually going to help me. And she's going to show me the different ways to do stuff and different strategies to help me. And it's about me this time to help me and find out how I can learn and then tell the teachers that and fix it. Mm. And do you remember what your goals were that you worked out with Rachel to begin with? The first one was skip counting. We had to learn how to skip count on my fingers. Okay, so that was one of the first things. Yes. And I've seen the video of you doing it. You do it beautifully. Thank you. If people are listening to the podcast, we've definitely talked about skip counting in other episodes and we'll link those in the show notes. But Mia, can you share what skip counting is? Can you describe it? Skip counting is the order of the numbers, the multiplication table of the number going up. Yeah. Going up your fingers, right? Yeah. And so there's a physical component because we're using your hands. And then how do we remember the fact families? We watched a lot of videos on that. We watched videos. And then you were reminding me yesterday, you did through music, right? Oh, yeah. And at one point I took post-its and I wrote the numbers on my fingers and kept doing it until I memorized where they go. Yeah. And then I remember there was another time, didn't we put post-its on the wall and you were punching them? That might have been too, I think. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So you started working on math and skip counting and having a growth mindset, which is really important. Do you remember what your sessions were like when you first started? Were you working on homework stuff? Were you working on just math? What do you remember? We kind of went back on what we learned in class that week or day, Mm -hmm. and she would teach it to me again a different way or different strategies on how to do it, like little tricks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'd bring my math workbook in and we go ahead of the class and look at future stuff. So when it came ahead and when it came along with the teacher teaching it, I would already know how to do it. And I'd have these little tricks in mind. So instead of putting my head down on the desk and crying because I couldn't do it, I'd be ahead and know how to do it because Rachel taught me that session. Oh, does not feel good. It was great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Staying ahead of the game. Staying ahead of the game. Ah, that's huge. You ended up taking a break from educational therapy for a little while. I did. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? I think we both needed a little break from each other (laughs) because we both had like personal issues, I think, to attend to. Mm -hmm. So during that break, though, my parents like, okay, Mia, you do need a tutor because you are struggling. So we're going to get you a tutor. Mm -hmm. So we had this one girl and she didn't really know how to teach me that well. So she gave me workbooks and she's like, okay, I want these done by next time. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know there's not going to be a next time. And then (laughs) there was this man who also came said the same thing. Like, I want these workbooks and worksheets done. I'm like, there's no next time. And then one day I bumped into Rachel actually at the mall. Mm -hmm. And I had realized, oh my God, I feel like I really need this woman in my life because she actually helps me. These other people don't really know my learning style. So that night I wrote her an email asking if I could get back into her schedule. Yeah. And then my parents and Rachel actually worked it out and I got back in. I remember when (laughs) Rachel got that email. 
I just want to talk a little bit more about the decision to take a pause because I think Mia voiced it perfectly. There was some personal stuff happening in my life at that time, which I totally explained to you at the time, Mia. And then do you remember what was sort of happening in sessions with you around that time? Oh, yeah. In sessions, I would shut down completely. Like shutting down for me is saying, oh, I'm bored, just kind of like wanting to chit chat a little bit putting off the work a lot and then sometimes it will even result in me just not looking Rachel in the eye or just not talking and being silent sometimes just crying a little bit because in my brain I think hey you can't do this so just give up while you can I was totally a self-preservation thing because you needed different strategies on what to do when things got difficult exactly it's still something that we encounter, but your recovery is so much faster. You have language to speak to. We can like both sit there and say, okay, it looks like you're shutting down right now. And we talk it through. Mm -hmm. And usually you're able to pull yourself out of it now. But at the time we just needed a break because our sessions weren't being productive. It was painful because I knew you could do it. And the mindset stuff was getting in the way. So we took a break probably in February of that year. And I think you came back in the summer. Yeah, that sounds right. So I just want to put it into context for our audience. When Mia took it upon herself to send me that email, which I don't think you had my email address. I think you went online and you found it. I went online. (laughs) Yeah. You were going into fourth grade at that time, I want to say. I think it was maybe fifth grade. But regardless... It's impressive. It is impressive. We had been trying to get you to the place where you were willing to ask for help. And now without any of the adults and without talking to your parents about it, you're just like, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to ask for it. And then I immediately forwarded that email to your parents and I said, let's talk. Amazing. Because I was going to do anything I could to get you back onto my schedule. You were ready. You had made progress. You needed the break. I needed the break. And then you were ready again. Mm-hmm. Steph, do you remember when I got that email? A hundred percent remember when you got that email. And the amount of growth that that took just showed you were absolutely ready to have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. I think I reached out by myself because I knew if my parents did it, Rachel would be like, oh, I don't think Mia really wants this. Like, I think her parents just need her to come back to me. So I took it upon my initiative to just do it because it was something I really needed. Yeah. Instead of my parents saying, could you please take me back? I'd be like, hey, can I please come back? I like, I need you. Blah, 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 stuff like that. Amazing. And so how are things different now? <laughs> what are sessions like? How different are they than they were when you were in third grade? They're still a little the same, like staying ahead of the game and looking forward and seeing like different methods to how to teach me and the little different tricks and explaining it further than the teacher can in a class of 21 kids. Mm-hmm. Also, it's working on organization with planners and keeping my time in check and setting aside time for every little thing that I need to do like when I get home school, downtime, school time, like stuff like that. I just pulled up my notes from our first session, Mia. Do you want me to read it to you? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear Okay. This. So it was March 5th, 2017, oh. and we are recording this in the beginning of February 2020. So this is what I wrote. A little standoffish, weary of me. We did the intake. She and I talked about backstage on Netflix. 
I don't remember that conversation, but it happened. Oh, I like that show. Yeah. There you, <laughs> <go>. <laughs> you told me about an earring issue that you were having. <laughs> oh my God. That was in second grade. Yeah. You and I were just getting to know each other. And we did talk about the difficult things at school, which you identified at the time as being writing and math. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about what was going on with writing? Because I actually view that as an area of That's strength my stronger for you. point. Yeah. But do you remember really what know. was going on? I also think we had a curriculum lesson that at that point that I didn't really like. It was kind of hard. And I think it made me do more work than I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really put that much effort into stuff, except I'm working on it, not just going at this top level, like diving deeper down. I will say, I read the story for your class yesterday. That is not minimum effort, my dear. That was fun. That was actually very fun. Steph, you would have been so impressed. She's writing the story, and she just kind of scrolled through and was showing me. It was pretty long. And I said, here, let me read it. And I read the prologue, and I was like, I'm in. I want more (laughs) because I was really impressed by the detail. I think when we were talking about writing in that very first session, I think we were mainly talking about spelling. Oh, my God. And do you remember my kind of reaction about the spelling and what I kind of said about it? You were like, spelling doesn't matter as long as you get all your thoughts down on the page. Once you get your brain dumped out and you get all your thoughts down on the page, then you can worry about punctuation, capitalization, and spelling and erasing stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't want to let perfection get in the way of getting the ideas out. I know. And then I'm looking at other notes that I had. I thought you were great at certain math skills and that the second something got hard, you rejected it and would tell me it's boring. I think that was the only word I knew how to describe what I was feeling. Be like, it's boring because I already know how to do it even though I didn't. That's a kind of classic defense mechanism, right? Do you remember how many times a week we were meeting initially? I think twice. We were meeting twice a week, and then maybe over the summer we would do a little bit more to kind of get you prepped. On the summer, I think we did three times a week. Yep. But that was all prepping you for what was about to come. Exactly. So we started with twice a week, and we probably stuck with twice a week for a long time until this academic year. Recently. Yeah, recently, where it became really apparent that you were killing it. Now math in session is so different. You work independently. I'm there. Usually you want to chit-chat. But but I'm there supporting you and reminding you of things. But I am no longer prepping the math for you. I think I kind of use you as a safety blanket. Like I'll look at you as like, is this plus this, this? And then if like I get a nod, I'm like this. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I think so too. Which is why we're at once a week now. And I don't know how long we'll stay at once a week. We might reduce even further because you're really thriving in every area that we would hope for you at this point. What has changed now that you have the meds? Honest? Yeah. Okay. So I first described it as having like a blinders, like a horse. Like if someone was talking across the room, usually I'd glance over and start talking with them, start screaming across the room. Except now like it just blocked out everything. I just focused on what I need to be focused on, like the lesson or other peers talking, like putting inputs into it, which was really nice. But then as I got older, my brain chemistry changed like any normal person's does. So I kind of had to go up a dose a little bit. But also the focus one sometimes doesn't let you eat. 
doesn't let you eat. It's this impossible feeling to describe, but it feels like your stomach is almost full, but hungry at the same time. And when you do try to eat, your throat literally closes. You can't eat. It's impossible. But then it wears off. And at the end, like at dinner, I'll start eating a lot. But also on the weekends, sometimes when I forget to take it, I sleep in later because you have to take the med, the focus one a little early because it's on a time release. So if you take it at seven, you're going to be up for 24 hours. But when I don't take it, I can't stop eating because <laughs> I'm making up for meals. Yeah, you are making up for meals. This is why I wanted you to talk so openly about the meds. And thank you, Mia, for being vulnerable and talking about this stuff. Yeah, because... Everybody in your life, including you, can tell if there's a day you didn't take your focus meds, right? A few times this year, I've forgotten because I woke up later and like we just had to get out of the house and go to school. So I would forget them that day and I would be a hot mess at school. Hmm. I can't get any work done. I can't focus. If I hear someone whisper across the room, I'll start talking to them in front of the teacher and the teacher's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I forgot to take my meds today. And they're like, oh, okay, because you can actually see different. It's really weird. My friends are like, hey, me, are you okay? Because I'm not acting normal. I'm really energetic and talkative. And then I'll get easily depressed almost. Yeah, there's certainly a mood difference. I can tell the second you walk into the office if it's a day yeah. we've skipped by mistake. Mm-hmm. Despite the side effects of eating being hard while you're on the medicine. Are you still glad that your parents took that step? I am so glad that my parents took that step because without the medicine, school would be so much harder. Now you have the ability to pay attention. Exactly. It's almost like my brain is a puzzle and just a little piece of the puzzle was missing. And then the puzzle got put back together. You felt normal on the meds. I felt like a normal person. Paying attention in class, but off of them, I'd be totally crazy. Life was a little hard, right? Yeah. A few weeks ago, I didn't take them, and I was disrupting my friends' learning, too, because I would just interrupt the whole class. Proud of you. It's really hard. Very proud. I mean, how eloquent for you as an 11-year-old to notice and realize that. That's amazing. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. As you get older and things get harder, and now you have some tools that Rachel has taught you, what do you do when you don't understand something? So when I don't understand something, I'm going to use math as an example. I don't understand the concept. Usually in sixth grade, this is like what I've been doing recently if I don't understand something in any of the classes. First, we usually get practice time. We're allowed to talk to people in our class to help us learn. So usually I'll ask a friend or some people in my class who look like they get it. Sometimes they'll try to explain it to me a little bit. And if I still don't get it after that, I'll go quietly up to the teacher and say, could I meet with you during lunch? Or is there any time tomorrow that I can meet with you? And they always say, of course, because I feel like people in middle school, all the teachers really care about you and they really want the best for you. And that's all they really want. So they're willing to miss their lunch breaks for you. So sometimes I'll meet with the teacher during recess or lunch or study hall. And they'll explain it to me further. And if I still don't get it after that, 
usually I'll just take the issue to Rachel and she'll just explain it to me again. And I usually get it. Sometimes I think you do understand it. You just want to hear me explain it one more time, maybe in a more Mia-specific way. Yeah. I think you just like the reinforcement of knowing, okay, I've now heard it from my teacher more than once. Rachel's now confirmed and maybe given me a different idea about something. But I don't want to take credit for this sort of self-advocacy that she's doing stuff. I'm never involved. I'm never sending her and telling her, hey, you need to advocate for yourself and go talk to the teacher. She's coming in and telling me that she's doing that on her own. I find out way after the fact. That's a lot to sit there and, number one, realize you don't get it to the point where you need a little bit more reinforcement. You go to the teacher, you ask. There's a lot of steps in this. And then you're meeting with the teacher and missing out on what your friends are doing, maybe. And then you are then asking Rachel if you still don't understand. I mean, Mia, this is very impressive and it will serve you well as you get older. Absolutely. This is what we always talk about, at least the adults in Mia's life. And I know she hears these conversations too, because sometimes she's a part of them. But Mia's like emotional quotient and like her emotional IQ and her social IQ. And we've talked about this, right, Mia? Like so high. Yeah. It's sometimes so advanced and mature. We're talking about her and our expectations for her and what we'd like to see. But then everyone still has to remember, I'm only 11. Exactly. We have to all stop and remind ourselves because you've always presented as more than 11. You guys can't see me, but I'm shaking my head like, wow, this is really impressive. Mia, you know, I've heard about you. I've seen you on FaceTime before, but I want you to know that as an outsider, not involved in your everyday life and not your teacher and all of that. It is really impressive, and you are going to be amazing. She'll be a force to be reckoned with. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Last year in fifth grade, I wouldn't ask questions. I would sit there and be like, okay, I'm just going to go to Rachel. I can't understand it. But now in sixth grade, I'm learning that Rachel is kind of like a tool when I need it, but I can also do stuff on my own a little bit more. So if I have a question, I'll ask the teacher, like, hey, could you explain this? And they're always like, okay, like, sure, because other kids also have that question sometimes. But before, I just wouldn't ask questions and seem like, I totally got this. I, I understand everything. I'm so proud of you. I'm just, like, sitting here listening to you talk. But <laughs> how do the meds impact your sleep? Mm. They kind of do. So usually on a daily basis on weekdays, like Monday through Friday, I take them at 7.30-ish, sometimes earlier. But if you were to take them at 9.30, you wouldn't go to bed until like 2 a.m. So you have to make sure you hit your window. Yeah. So sometimes on cases on weekends, my mom still wants me to take them. So I'll just take them at like 8.30 at the latest. And I still can't fall asleep till like 11-ish. That's one of the things that we're in discussions about with your medication right Mm -hmm. now. It's like you're tired, except you're really amped. Like I could do cartwheels and I start dancing and it's, I'm really like energetic, but yeah, I'm tired. Your body's tired. It's past the point where I'm so tired. I'm just not tired anymore. What are your feelings with math at this point? Math at this point, it's still not like my favorite, favorite subject, except it's not in the dumps anymore. It's not like way under the other subjects, like Banshank. 
because I think I get it way more. And my teacher is amazing and she really cares about her students and me and how we're learning and if we ever need help. And I think there's also different ways because I think there are a few kids in my class kind of like me who have trouble with learning. So sometimes she'll go up to you if she sees like you're having a little issue. She's like, do you want me to print it out for you? Because usually we do all our work on the iPads. So do you want me to print it out? Do you want to come during lunch or study hall? And sometimes it's like a few kids who are just like, yes, please, who just need a little extra explaining. So at your school, which we should say it's a dual curriculum school where you're learning another language and kind of religion stuff in addition to the general ed stuff. But in elementary school, you were using one type of curriculum. Oh, my God. I would always get frustrated with these tests because you would see questions on the test that... You wouldn't know. Yeah. You had never seen a style of question like that. And I always felt like that was really unfair. And you would always place so much emphasis on what the grade was when I was like, but look, on the questions that we actually went over... Got a 100%. Right. But there would be so much focus on these questions that you had never seen prior to the test. Do you feel like the fact that you're no longer using that curriculum in sixth grade has also helped? It's a little more straightforward. Oh, it's so much better. It would really frustrate me. But also on the tests now, there's something called divergent thinking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't count usually. It's just like to think and see if you can do it. Like you don't have to at all. It's not a requirement. But the teacher just wants to see where you are with that sometimes. And sometimes she'll ask you like, this is part of your test. Please just do this. But usually it's not just to get you like what we're doing next. Mia three years ago never would have done those types of questions. But I've actually started to do it. <laughs> you're totally doing it. And a lot of the time you're getting it correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I just thought it was important to note that combination of time that you've been in ed therapy and kind of been addressing the ADHD combined with the curriculum shift has been really a beautiful And we were also concerned because math for you is at the end of the day. Sometimes it is, which is hard where my meds are in the time release. So they're starting to get out of my system. So I'll be like a little antsy, like, oh, okay. But it hasn't been an issue. It hasn't really. I was really concerned about that. Because I think the meds taught me how to focus. It's still pretty hard without them, not going to lie. But if they're starting to go out of my system slowly at the end of the day, I can still focus. I'm not a wreck. Do you think it's because you know what it feels like to be able to focus? I do. Okay. Yeah. Just keep pursuing that until at the end of the day where I'm just like, okay, now I can go home. This is one of the things that we talk about when parents are kind of questioning whether or not to medicate. We're telling kids, you got to focus, you got to focus, you got to focus. You're being disruptive in the classroom, but they don't even know what it feels like inside their bodies to be able to focus. And so I think having the exposure to what it does feel like is going to reinforce it for you. Game changer. The feeling on the meds feels normal. Like I'm a normal girl in a normal school, normal friends, normal life. But then not on it, I kind of feel like I'm the odd one out. Mm. So I kind of realize, I think at a younger age, and now sometimes when I forget to take them, I'm like, oh, I do need help, and that's okay because I'm getting the help that I need. That's okay. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it took three years to get you to say that. <laughs> and I said it publicly. You said it publicly. <laughs> I'm <proud of> myself. <laughs> Can't get better than that. Oh, your parents are going to be listening to this, Mia, I'm sure, once it airs. We're going to have a viewing party. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I think we should. Yeah. We should definitely. Amazing. Mm. Okay. So one more question. We talked about sleep a little bit on the meds and all of that, but let's talk about how things at home are going now, basically as a result of you coming to ed therapy. Do you remember what it was like before at home? Yes. What was it like? Before, I think my parents were nervous. Like, what's going on with our daughter? We don't know what's happening. She can't focus in school. And I would just be really angry all the time. I was an angry eight-year-old. I would scream and cry at home. And I was like, I'm not doing this. And at one point, my MacBook all ripped because, yeah. <laughs> and then I would scream and cry and shout at my parents and then slam my door. And then that's when we realized we do need meds. Yeah. Okay. And so how are things with your parents now? My parents, I think, are still sometimes worried about my eating, but it has gotten better because before I just wouldn't eat, period. My parents were scared because any normal parent would be when their kid isn't eating. But now I have been eating more throughout the day when I'm on my meds and I kind of taught myself again how to eat while being on the meds. So that's gotten easier too. Good. And what about fighting with your parents? Fighting with my parents is reduced to a much lower level. My mom and I used to fight a lot, which I think was hard on her because I'm the only girl. But now we're kind of like best friends almost. And it's really nice because I have someone older to talk to because I'm the eldest. So I don't really have an older sibling who can give me advice. But then when I need that, I go to my mom's like girl talk. Sometimes we fight like any normal mom and daughter do because we're human. But it's a lower level of fighting like before. I would scream at my mom for no reason. She'd scream back and we'd have these full-blown wars. But now it's disagreements. Like, I don't really want to do this. Can we just not? It's kind of like that stuff. Are there ever any fights about schoolwork anymore? I will forget a tiny assignment that I forgot to finish or turn in sometimes. But usually not really. Just kind of getting in the hang of it. Sometimes I like to just come home and relax. But I remember I got to do homework. So that's like a disagreement. Yeah. It sounds pretty normal. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Mia, what would you tell other kids coming into educational therapy? If you could go back in time and go and talk to third grade Mia, we've done this exercise over the years, but what would you say? I would say it's going to be okay and you're getting the help you need and it's okay to be different. And even if you don't understand it now, you will later because you have people in your life who do love and care about you. We're trying to find out a solution. Mm. And what would you tell kids who are maybe nervous about coming into educational therapy or like you, a little skeptical? I would say it's okay to be skeptical, but just know that this person is actually going to change your life. And all they want for you is to succeed and do better and try your hardest and it doesn't even matter if you get it right. They just want you to try and be comfortable with whatever you're working on. And just know that this person really loves and does care about you and they do want the best for you no matter what. That's nice. And it's okay that things are hard because what I always tell you, you've done hard things. We do stuff when it's easy and then when it's harder, we already have it now. Yes. So what she's talking about is with the math, a lot of students can have a tendency to want to show me the most complicated problem first. And I always go back to the simpler one because you got to learn 
the procedure when it's simple and the numbers are small and manageable, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we all had really wanted for you was to be okay with things being difficult. And I think you are. Because I think you can talk to yourself in a different way now. Because I'll always say to you, you can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what we put up in the office to kind of help with growth mindset early on? First, we did one of all my achievements, all the stuff that I mastered with Rachel, like skip counting, multiplication, division, fractions, just to remind myself that, yeah, you did come this far. And yeah, you can do it because this was hard. You couldn't have done this a few months ago. But hey, look, you did it. Let's just keep on trying. So whenever I kind of like shut down, like, oh, I can't do this, Rachel, we called it a win list. Rachel would say, hey, go look at your win list and go see what you have accomplished and see if we can go add one more thing onto it. Yay. I brought that up to you yesterday when we were kind of talking about this episode. And you go, we don't really use that (laughs) anymore. And we don't, but it's up there just in case we need it. But we made two and they're beautiful. Yes. Well, I feel like you can take them home from the office and put them up in your room at this point. But the reason there were two was because the list of your wins and victories got to be so long. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. All the things. Yep. Mia, is there anything else you want to say? You've been waiting for your opportunity to come on to the podcast. I told you it would happen. (laughs) So is there anything else that you want to say? You have to be comfortable in your own shoes and don't try to be someone that you're not because everyone else is already taken. Mm -hmm. So you basically just have to be yourself and be comfortable with that. Because if you're not comfortable, like, hey, all my friends can do this and I can't and I think I need help. Then go to someone who knows you and who can help you. Say, hey, I think I need help with something. Could you help me? And they will find you help. And just be comfortable and don't be like, oh, if my friend knows this and I have to know it because I want to be just like my friend. Because you might be stronger in some areas than your friend is and your friend might be stronger in some areas than you are, which is totally fine because everyone is different. It doesn't mean that you can't do that area. It's just a little weaker than your stronger point. What a great way to say that. Don't you want to be like Mia when you grow up, Steph? Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. All right, Mia, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. I'm so proud of you, Mia. Have a great week, Smarties. Isn't Mia the cutest? And she sounds so mature. And just the way she's talking about ed therapy, I just love it. So if you or your child are interested in working with one of us in our practices, you can go to CAP Ed Therapy in Beverly Hills, K-A-P-P-EdTherapy.com, or My Ed Therapist in Redondo Beach, and that's MyEdTherapist.com, M-Y-E-D Therapist.com.